This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All-Stars. Growing the game, one podcast at a time. Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a travel or club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's the essential all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Unlike other team apps, Game Changer Team Manager is free, easy to use, and doesn't serve ads. You can learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Today on the show, we have Chris Rotelli. Chris is from Rumford, Rhode Island. He played high school lacrosse at Moses Brown School, where he was a three-time high school All-American and a four-time All-State selection. He graduated UVA in 2003 as the most decorated midfielder in Virginia lacrosse history. He was a co-captain of the 2003 National Championship team. Also that year, he was the Twarton Trophy winner, the McLaughlin Award winner as the nation's best midfielder, the ACC Player of the Year, and a first-team All-American. He also became the first lacrosse player in history to win the ACC Male Athlete of the Year and was the first overall draft pick of the MLL Collegiate Draft. He was a four-time MLL All-Star three-time All-American, and a three-time All-ACC. Chris and I talked about how he made a name for himself while playing in an area of the country that's not typically a hotbed for lacrosse, how he was able to make the transition from playing in Rhode Island to playing at UVA, and what it takes to become a great midfielder. Here's my interview with Chris Rutelli. Chris Rutelli, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Great to be here. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to have you on, and it's been way too long since we caught up. But so let's get uh, let's get started. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? Well, um, how did I get started playing lacrosse? I was it was I was about I think I was in third grade. My dad gave me my first stick. He had played lacrosse um, in high school, and he also played in college at Brown uh, his freshman year but he was a hockey player as well. So hockey was sort of his first sport. So um, he stopped playing in college after that, but he gave me my first stick. um, And uh, I was lucky enough to go to a school um, that had lacrosse in middle school and high school. And when I, where I grew up in Rhode Island, there was only lacrosse was really small. Um, This was like the early nineties. Right. And it was only in fi- it was only in five schools in the whole state. And but I went to one of those schools, which was very fortunate to to, to be able to do. And um, starting in third grade, all the kids would bring lacrosse sticks to school during the spring season. And so we'd bring our sticks to school, and at recess we would go outside and we'd play lacrosse with tennis balls, and we would run around and we'd make up games and it was just all this sort of chaotic free play and it was extremely fun and that was sort of how I how I fell in love with lacrosse. And so was lacrosse something that you know when you started playing did you think you know I want to take this to the next level or this is something that I can see playing for for a long time or uh, were you interested in other sports? Well when I started, I think it was more about all my friends playing as well. And it was just those relationships that you have with your friends playing lacrosse. And so, you know, in lower school and middle school, it was primarily about that. I think it was also, you know, definitely connected to my dad and him giving me my first stick and knowing that he played and, and and wanting to follow in his footsteps as well. But it it was just sort of the thing to do. Um, I loved a lot of sports, you know, so I, I kept playing sports, a lot of different ones, you know, my entire life. So, um, for me, it was sort of whatever season was going on was what I was most into at that time. And, uh, 
And in the spring, it was definitely lacrosse. It was probably in eighth grade when I first started thinking about playing college lacrosse, maybe a seventh grade, but I went down to the NCAA final four. Um, and, uh, and when I saw that, I remember, I remember just that being like a, a big, a big moment and thinking, wow, I want to be those guys one day. I want to play in front of that many people. And, um, and then I, I, I grew up near Brown university. And so, um, I started being a ball boy at Brown and as a ball boy for Brown, watching them play all their games, I just started to, you know, that was when I really got drawn into it and was really, um, thinking I wanted to play college lacrosse at some day. So who were some of the people that you looked up to when you were growing up? Well, yeah, it was definitely like when I was really little, it was probably some high school players in the area that were really good. And then when I started following college lacrosse and Brown specifically, you know, guys like Dave Evans and Dave McNally, there were a couple of great attackmen at Brown when I was a ball boy, I uh, really looked up to those guys. And then I'd go to lacrosse, I'd go to lacrosse camps and um, I went to the Brown lacrosse camp several years and at those camps, um, the players are doing the, the college players are doing most of the coaching. And so I formed some relationships with those guys. And Dave Evans is definitely one that had a big impact on me. He and my friends, but he sort of would go out of his way to, to help us and give us tips and coach us and, you know, spend some time with us talking to us off the field about kind of how, how he grew up and how he became a good lacrosse player. And, you know, he's one, he's one that had a really big impact on me, but you know, the lacrosse coaches that I had in general, like either in middle school um, or at, or at summer camps, those are the guys that, that really had a big influence on my life as a lacrosse player. So, so once you, you know, once you get to seventh or eighth grade, once you start thinking, okay, this is going to be something that, you know, I want to play in college. What are some of the things that you're doing the, you know, to get better, to make sure that you can get to that next level? Yeah, I was playing wall ball and I was shooting a lot. I had a wall in my backyard and I would, my dad painted a six by six goal on it and we put some targets in the court, in the corners mm -hmm. and I'd go outside and I'd throw the ball as hard as I could against that wall and try to hit the corners. And, uh, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. I, I just, I did it cause I enjoyed doing it. Um, we also had a goal out there. So, you know, between playing wall ball and, and shooting, you know, those were the things I did on my own mm -hmm. that I think really, really helped me. And then just, you know, as I, as I spent more and more time with the game, it became more and more of a hobby. And, you know, I got really into following college lacrosse and watching games, either mm -hmm. live games at Brown or going to the final four or taping games that were on TV. We would, we'd have, we had a stack of VHS tapes that we would um, tape college games with and we would just watch and rewatch re those games like nonstop. And, right. you know, I, 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 I remember watching Ryan Wade playing the final four for North Carolina and, um, and, and going outside and, and trying to emulate what I saw him do on TV. Hmm. And we would, you know, that was something that me and my friends did. We'd just watch a game, be like, oh, that was so cool. Let's go try and do that. And we'd go outside and we'd try and do it. And, like, sometimes we'd do it and we'd kind of surprise <laughs> ourselves. But it was just that, you know, being really into it and kind of being a lacrosse junkie a little bit and, you know, playing as much as we could, watching as much as we could, and going to every camp and clinic opportunity we could find um, I think that really, you know, some of my friends played lacrosse, but it was really just in lacrosse season. And for uh, for the the ones who would go to camps and do more outside of the season, uh, those were the ones that really got better. And so I think, and I was one of those guys, even though I was playing soccer and playing a lot of other sports, like I would still find time to go to those camps and try to try to learn and play against other good players. And that really helped. Right. So was it a case where, so you mentioned soccer, uh, what other, what other sports did you play growing up? Yeah, I 
played a lot of tennis. I swam uh, competitively for many years. Um, I played squash. Um, I ran indoor track. I skied. I surfed. I played basketball. Um, I played baseball. Um, and I, I think that was most, I biked a lot too, just, but that, that I was kind of always doing those things. Um, when I got into high school, I sort of focused in the, in the fall, I played soccer in the winter. I played squash primarily as a way to get faster and quicker for lacrosse. And then in the spring, of course, I played lacrosse. I also skied in the winter. We grew up going to the mountains a lot as a family. Um, so that was a big part of my life. And then in the summer, you know, surfing and doing a bunch of other things, but I was extremely active. I was kind of always doing something. And I think that just helped me become a good athlete and stay in good shape and, and become fast. Uh, I feel like, you know, at some point every day of my youth, I was running as fast as I could. (laughs) And I was just that kind of kid. I, I love to run around and I believe that really helped me, um, become fast. Mm -hmm. And what, um, what were some of those sports or, or or what sports would you say affected your lacrosse game the most? The the one thing that I remember about you, and, and I don't know why, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I just remember, you know, we used to play those, uh, the six ball soccer games at UVA. Um, and, uh, you know, you played soccer, so you were obviously one of the best, if not the best soccer player on the field at the time. Um, but I remember sometime watching you play soccer and then, uh, like, afterwards seeing you on the field and being like, you know what? A lot of those moves, a lot of the things that he does in lacrosse, it looks like he might have got that from soccer. Um, so can you can you talk a little bit more about, like, uh, well – start with soccer, but what other sports sort of affected your game? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, you know, I hadn't thought about that that much, but I I would say soccer definitely helped. And I think there's a, you know, to your point, there's a way that like in soccer, you use your body um, to, you know, get position or, um, you know, get a step on a guy. I think that that, does translate over to lacrosse and, and being able to be physical in a way that's like within the rules. Um, Cause soccer is very physical, even though um, you know, it, it's a very physical sport, but you have to like throw that line. So understanding how to use your body there, I think definitely helps. And also just the passing, you know, soccer has triangle, you know, it's a game built on triangles and spacing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is the same as lacrosse. And that definitely, um, I would say that definitely uh, helped me. The other one, honestly, I would say squash. I I think squash is a game that's probably not that familiar to people. But in New England, where I grew up, because there's snow on the ground and it's 20 degrees for four months, you know, Mm -hmm. the games that you play inside in the winter, it's really what you do. You go inside and you either play basketball or squash or you swim or you – or um, I don't even know what else. That's about it. So, you know, I, um, that really helped me with my quickness, my footwork and my endurance. You know, if you play, if you can play squash at a high level for an hour, like right. you are in phenomenal, phenomenal shape. And I think that, you know, I was, I ended up being good at lacrosse in part because I could run all day. And I, I, I had, I like, I feel like when other people get tired, I could keep going. And Mm -hmm. I think playing squash definitely helped that um, for sure. Right. So, you know, you mentioned, uh, I think you said there were only five schools that were playing lacrosse at the time that you were growing up. Um, You know, you come from an area that's not traditionally a hotbed of lacrosse. How did you, as a high school player, get noticed? Um, I, it was, I got noticed that at some camps that I went to when, um, you know, this was now the late nineties, there was like three quote recruiting camps that you would go to if you wanted to play college lacrosse is top two Oh five peak 200. And the other one was like champ camp. Like those were the three that right. you wanted to go to. And so I went to all three of those my sophomore and junior year. And I think it was after my sophomore year 
that I was noticed by a bunch of coaches for the first time. And, um, and that, I, that actually surprised me and was, <laughs> but in a lot of ways, like that, that sort of put me on the map. I, I didn't, I'm not sure I knew what to expect in the recruiting. All you ever heard as a kid from Rhode Island or one of these non-traditional areas growing up was you're not as good as the players from New York and Maryland. Like mm-hmm. literally everybody right. told me that. Wow. And so for me, like I actually used that as motivation to work harder So going back to what I did on my own, most of the time I was practicing in high school, I was competing against the invisible players that I was told were better than me from New York and Maryland. Like I I, I honestly remember telling myself the only way I could get good enough to play college lacrosse was if I worked harder than the kids from Maryland and New York because everybody has told me but they're so much better. And so that was sort of my mantra was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to work harder than these guys and I'm going to compete against them, even though I have no idea who they are. So the first time I got to see the kids from Maryland in New York was when I went to those recruiting camps. And I, I kind of surprised myself a little bit with how well I did. Um, and that was sort of the first time I, I got noticed by college coaches as well. Um, with the Virginia connection, Dom used to, you know, Dom, uh, went to Brown, uh, coached at Brown. Um, he was actually at Brown when my father was there. They were in, oh, <laughs> so wow. they knew each, they knew each other in college. Uh, huh. Dom's daughters are special needs. My brother, um, was special needs as well. And so my brother, uh, went to school with Dom's daughters. And so we had, a, we actually had a deep family connection um, because my parents both had, and Dom and, and his wife, Chrissy, both had kids that were special needs in the same program. So, you know, Dom had heard about me um, from some of his friends in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he had never saw me, he never saw me play until um, peak 200. And that was the first time he saw me play. Huh. Um, and, and what and, was that? Was that the, was that summer of junior year or summer yeah. after junior year? That was summer of sophomore year. Summer of sophomore year. Summer of soft. Summer of sophomore year. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And I, so, I, still, I still remember the game. He was uh, he was on the sideline. I did not think I played particularly well, huh. but he came up to me after the game and uh, and he said, you know, hey Chris, we've been we've been following you, and you know really like what we see, like basically said something like, keep up the great work. We'll be in touch. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I was like, Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, that's, pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, I, I want to drill down on, on, on one thing you said, uh, and I don't know how much, you know, it was a long time ago. I don't know how much you can talk about it, but you mentioned, uh, everybody was telling you Maryland and New York kids are just better than you. And in your mind that motivated you to work harder. Can you talk a little bit more about what work harder meant to you, right? Because I feel like, um, you know, I feel like everybody always said you have to work harder, but nobody ever really defined that for me or, or rarely do I hear that defined. So what, uh, what in your mind meant work harder? Like what did, what did you do that was different? That's a great question. I think work harder for me meant you need to practice more and you need to find a way to close the gap between the kids that have been playing lacrosse since they could walk and you who kind of was a little later to the game um, and does not, is not surrounded by as much lacrosse as in those places like Maryland and New York. So for me, it was like work harder, man. I was going to practice more, you know, anytime I had a chance to play catch or shoot on a goal um, I would do it. I basically brought my lacrosse stick around with me everywhere I went. I'd break to school. I'd use it in between classes. We'd, you know, we would, you know, me and my friends would play catch in between classes or go find a goal to shoot on. Um, when I was at home, you know, when I was done with my homework or sometimes, uh, when I was not done with my homework, I would go outside and I would, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd shoot um, on a goal or I'd shoot on a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me was trying to 
to work more and, and close that gap between those areas that we right. talked about. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was, so, that was really it. So, so what made you uh, finally decide on Virginia over other schools? Yeah, it, I was, I think honestly, Joe, when I saw the first letter from Virginia, you know, remember the recruiting letters that they would send, you'd have <laughs> yeah. that V lacrosse on the envelope. Right. The first, I got one of my first letters that I received from any school was from Virginia. Hmm. And I still remember getting the mail out of the mailbox and seeing it. And I swear the first, when I saw it, I think I was hooked when I saw the V lacrosse. <laughs> but, but Dom, Dom was a great recruiter and he, right wrote really, really good letters. And I had a level of trust with him because of the family connection that I talked about. Um, And so I I had some familiarity there. Uh Also, going back to the first Final Four I went to, one of the greatest lacrosse games I've ever seen was at that first Final Four. It was in 1994, and Virginia played Syracuse in the semifinal game. Uh Syracuse went up. They were up big. Uh, it was like Roy Colsey and Charlie Lockwood, Syracuse team, right. and um, and for, and Rick Beardsley. And then Virginia ends up coming back in a big way, and Michael Watson scored the game winner in overtime as a freshman. Huh. Um, huh. And that game was like, holy cow, I'm a, I'm a Virginia fan. Right. <laughs> and so that uh, – <laughs> Uh, and that was Dom's first year at Virginia too. You remember? So That's right. Yeah, that, it was. I, right. I, I think. I think. Like I always was kind of a fan from that first Final Four game that I saw, and when when I got recruited there, um, I very quickly was comfortable. But I was looking. I was trying to look at schools through a few like. I had, I had some check boxes that I wanted to hit. I wanted a school with a great lacrosse team, with great academics, really fun social scene, um, and I, and I wanted a school that had other sports that I could be a fan of. So I was looking for a school with like a good basketball and football, and like more like a real nice, well-rounded experience. Um, and uh, and I wanted a school that had pretty girls too, if I'm being honest. So those were probably the five <laughs> check boxes that I was going for. And Virginia sort of seemed to hit all those for me. Right. Right. So so you mentioned you felt very comfortable there. Uh, I'm guessing, did you feel like it was a fit right off the bat? I did. I, I did feel that way. Um, and you know, I, I was also interested in other schools, but I, I, I had a high level of comfort and I remember going down for my recruiting visit and coach Colbeck, um, joked, because I was I, not on purpose, but I was basically dressed like exactly like everybody on the team was dressed. And he kind of made fun of me or he thought it was funny. He's like, so yeah, it looks like you kind of fit in here, huh? Like everybody was wearing khaki pants and flip flops and like a button down short sleeve shirt. And right. I happened to be in that same uniform. So I think I did kind of fit in there. Well, it was right. a good spot for me. Right. So, that especially that first year, first two years, um, how did you balance school and lacrosse? Right, because uh, I mean, I, I know for me, coming from high school, going to college, there was just a lot to take in, especially that first fall. How did you, um, how did you handle that transition? Yeah, it was it was definitely hard. Um, I was lucky; I went to a good high school, so that definitely prepared me. I was used to school being difficult and, 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 and I was used to, you know, homework and, um, and and getting your stuff done. I played three sports. I played a sport each season in high school. So Mm -hmm. I think I, I was always like, I I, I had learned how to manage being busy and getting your schoolwork done because Mm -hmm. it was high school is very busy. Um, so that, that part was, was okay. I think the adjustment to going away to school, um, very far from where I grew up and just having that be sort of uncomfortable was probably, um, the harder transition. It's just that it takes time as a freshman to get comfortable and, and sort of 
figure out your new world a little bit. So that, that takes some time, but imagine the schoolwork, um, you know, there's tremendous support at UVA with, you know, there's tutors available to athletes. Uh, freshmen have to go to study hall, as you know, and that, that definitely helps. Um, um, but, you know, managing the schoolwork and the time with lacrosse, that, that wasn't as much of a problem. I actually always thought playing sports um, helped me manage my time because uh, I can be kind of a procrastinator when it comes to things. And so having shorter deadlines and less time to do things wasn't necessarily a bad thing for me. It just forced me to get my stuff done. Right, right. So you mentioned uh, uh, you mentioned your, your biggest holdup was, I guess, the, the distance. Um, what uh, what were some of the things that you did to sort of, you know, get used to that or get over that? Yeah, I think part of it was time. The Even though Virginia is not that far south, growing up in the Northeast and going to school in Virginia, it was a little bit of a culture shock. People, right. you know, the customs are a little different. You know, the people are just a little different, um, you know, and it just took a little time for me to get used to that. And, um, you know, once I think, you know, once you develop friendships and, you know, there's just, it, and that stuff just takes time, right? The relationships, whether it's your close friends in your class or friendships with the upperclassmen or, you know, figuring out your role on the team as a freshman, like there's mm-hmm. just a lot of uncertainty that you have going to college for the first time. And it takes time. And um, I think over time, I just, you know, I always loved it, but over time, whatever was uncomfortable became very comfortable and just sort of second nature. Right, right. So, so while you're at school, um, what were some of the things that, uh, if there are things that you did differently from high school to college that helped you improve your games, you know, from freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, and so on? I, yeah, great question. I'd like to think I was... I tried to be very coachable and luckily at Virginia, we just had great coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a freshman, the two coaches that worked most with the offense was Tucker Radabaugh. Tucker had just graduated the year before. He was the MVP of the team. He was the first team all American. He's one of the hardest workers to ever come through the Virginia program. And he was really the captain and the leader of the first team to win a national championship in 1999 um, since 1972. And so Mm -hmm. Tucker was this larger than life um, person for me to model myself after. And, you know, I, the, it was like, you want to learn how to be successful. You want to win a national championship. Look at Tucker, look what Mm -hmm. he did and look what he did, not just for himself and how hard he worked, but how he led this team. And that was like, man, that was right there for me to learn from. And he taught me a lot. Um, Chris Colbeck was the other guy. Coles was, he was a known, he was a very honest and direct coach, but he is one of the best fundamental teachers of the game. You know, I went there from Rhode Island and I, you know, I didn't have great fundamental skills. You know, I was a good athlete. I could run fast. Mm-hmm. To shoot the ball pretty hard, but I didn't really have good fundamental skills. And when I say good fundamental skills, like pretty much everything I did was sidearm and three quarters. <laughs> right. And what you learn when you play at a higher level is, you know, if you play sidearm, you're not going to be that successful because when you shoot the ball sidearm, the goalies see it and they're so good. They're going to make the save most of the time right. or, you're, you're not going to be that accurate with how you pass. And Colbeck specifically in the fall of my freshman year essentially taught me how to pass and shoot almost like the first time. Like I was like a baby learning how to walk again. He was teaching me how to like do my footwork and shoot overhand. Right. And I was literally like kind of tripping over my feet. You know, he was telling me how to drop step and turn my hips and bring it over the top and hide the ball. And that was like the first time I'd heard all that stuff. So that fall of my freshman year is really where I learned how to play the game the right way. And, and so for me, like you asked, how did you, you know, get better? 
I think a lot of it was being coachable and being receptive to the people and the, the resources that you have. And I tried to be very receptive to everything that these guys told me to do. I still remember Colbeck one time told me early in my freshman year, he's like, you know, he's, he's, he goes, you know, Doug Knight was the kind of guy that he could just, he didn't have to be the best practice player. Doug would just show up on game day and score eight goals. He was that kind of guy. And he said, Chris, you're not that kind of guy. For you to be great, you need to be the hardest worker at practice every day. And you need to, and, and that's how you're going to be successful in games. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me try and do that. Right, <laughs> and right. that was it. You right. know, so, and there was like whatever Dom or Colbeck or Tucker um, or the upperclassmen like Drew McKnight and JJ Bear, whatever those guys would say, like I was just, I would just try and do. And I think that really helped me. Right. So, I want to go back to, uh, you know, you mentioned Tucker Radabaugh, you know, he was the coach your freshman year. Um, you know, it, it's funny cause you sort of, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that, uh, he was you know, the captain, the MVP, uh, the first national championships in 1972 and sort of this larger than life leader on the team. Um, and when I think back to, you know, I was a sophomore when you were a senior, um, you definitely became that leader on the team. And so I'm really interested to hear, uh, if you can, can you talk about some of the things that uh, Tucker or that you learned from Tucker that first year? I, I don't know if he was there longer than one year for you, but can you talk about some of the things that you learned from him that first year? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was only there that one year, mm-hmm. but his legend remained around, you know. <laughs> You know, I remember Truth, our strength coach, like Truth right. would tell stories of Tucker the summer before his senior year, um, like tra- outside training by himself in a hundred degree heat, like right. running hills with a 45 pl- pound plate and like literally <laughs> like killing himself, right. um, working so hard bef- that year before his senior year. And, um, and so um, that was like the example set for us for how to be successful. It's like you have to work that hard. So that was something I think I learned from Tucker was just that if you want to win a national championship, for example, you're going to have to work so much harder than every other player and every other team because that's what it takes to, 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 have, to be the best. Right. And so I definitely, I definitely learned that um, work ethic in, in some part from him, you know, is kind of a similar thing. So our senior, my senior year, um, when you were a sophomore, you know, we, we had not won a national championship at our time um, when I, you know, at my time at Virginia, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we lost by a goal in the semifinals um, my freshman year. Right. We lost in the we lost in overtime in the first round to Doug Shanahan, the eventual Oricon winner that year, um, right. and Hofstra. My junior year, um, your freshman year, we lost in double overtime to mm-hmm. the, in the semifinals to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that loss and, and and basically the three years prior to that not winning a national championship was a was a lot of motivation and we, my senior, uh, myself and my the other guys in my class, I think we were, we were pretty desperate and our motto going into our senior year is like, whatever it takes to, to win, like we're winning the national championship this year. And that was it. And yeah. so we're again, circling back to Tucker, learning from him, you know, and learning from Dom, about what Tucker did, you know, Dom was a fantastic mentor for me. And he really probably more than Tucker, because Tucker was just there one year. He told me a lot about what Tucker did and how mm-hmm. Tucker led the team and how Tucker worked hard. And so I honestly tried to follow that lead. And um, we, we came back, you know, we came back to school early um, over winter break and we all worked extra hard. You know, we were running sprints. We were basically like running stairs. Like we were just trying to do all that extra stuff. Um, 
I don't know if you remember this, but when we would do our team lifts after the team lift was, after I finished the lift program, I would hop on the treadmill and I would sprint a mile on the treadmill. And that was after we had practice, after we lifted. And that was me just trying to do more to get faster and be in even better shape. But also I think part of it was trying to send a message that like, this is how hard we're working and and we're going to win this year. So I, I, I think, you know, it all circles back to those things probably. Right. Right. I I remember two things. I remember, I remember that year in 2003, I I definitely remember you and the, the seniors in general, um, you know, and and the captains, especially um, sort of just setting the tone for the entire team. Like everybody was looking, you know, towards leadership uh, and we, we followed you guys. Um, and then the other thing that I really remember, which I really like, I still try to think about to this day when I'm doing something is, uh, and I don't know whose idea this was, but do you remember each game we had the one thing or the, yeah. the one thing that we yeah. had to focus on? Um, I love that. That was that was honestly maybe my my favorite part of that year because it basically broke down the season into one week increments where all we had to do was focus on one thing. I thought that was great. Yeah, right. yeah, I thought that was awesome too. Right. I'm always fond of when I think back to that. When I think back to lacrosse in general, some of the stuff that stands out to me, and it's definitely true that senior year at Virginia is like, you know, the pregame huddles and some of the some of my fondest memories are like pregame huddles getting fired up before games or at halftime or um or or celebrating goals with everybody on the field like right. i i don't know i think that's how you develop that spark and that little extra something that you need to win close games so i actually thought that's probably another thing we got from tucker and that 99 team was they they had such great team chemistry and right. you know trying to you know emulate that a little bit and so some of that stuff where, you know, you just like scream in before games and telling everybody that, you know, you're about to go win and you're we're better than, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, right. I think you got to, you got to infuse a team with confidence and you right. do that through hard work. And you also do that just by, with, uh, with some, uh, with a lot of good communication. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember, uh, especially during the final four, uh, those last two games, it was Maryland yeah. Hopkins. I just remember there was no doubt in my mind that we were gonna that we were gonna win both those yeah. games, but you know like we weren't <laughs> thinking along we weren't thinking ahead to the next game. It wasn't like oh we win this we go to the national championship. It's like all right let's let's beat Maryland. And I remember being a hundred percent sure that we were gonna win that game. And then <laughs> yeah. same thing same thing with uh, with Hopkins. Um, I, I forgot. I mean we definitely we lost to them in the beginning of the year. Uh, and I, I forgot what their record was, um, but they were, you know, close to undefeated. I, I don't think they were undefeated, but they were close to it. Uh, and I do remember before the game, uh, Coach Van coming up to me and saying something like, uh, you know, what do you think? Or, or something like that, you know, just like, how are you feeling? And then I just looked at him and I said, we're definitely going to win. Like, there's no, there was no <laughs> doubt in my mind that we were going to, like, we were absolutely, totally confident that year. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's so true. Right. Confidence is such an interesting thing, but it's so critical on the lacrosse field. And I, I tell, I tell, I coach now, and I tell players all the time that you have to have confidence and almost be a little cocky on the lacrosse field. Like right. I actually still remember you as a freshman. What did you have? Like forty goals as a freshman playing playing left handed, something yeah. crazy like that. Like yeah. you can't do that if you're not confident and so you know like and in some ways you do want a team to be pretty cocky like the fact that we even though we had lost to Maryland and Hopkins earlier that season yet like you say like there was no doubt in our mind that we were winning like that's kind of cocky but you need that to be be successful and it doesn't mean that you act that way off the field necessarily but when you're playing like you have to be that confident, and uh, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna beat everybody, if you wanna be right. the best, you gotta, you gotta think you're the best. That's just the way it is. Right, for sure, for sure. So, 
during the season, you know, I know for me that this, you know, the season's long, especially when you, you know, you have fall ball, you take a little break, and then basically you get into the season where it is nonstop. You, you, uh, you know, couple that with school, like there is a lot going on. How did you stay motivated throughout the season? Was there any issue of motivation at all? And, and if there was, how, how did you overcome that? During the season, I was there wasn't an issue with motivation. I I was so competitive that I just like every every game every week was a new game and a new 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 challenge and new competition. So I I um I, I did not have trouble with motivation. I really loved being out there. It was always fun. It was always a lot of work, but I knew that that work was going to pay off, and I was very focused on the goals that we had and achieving those goals. So, you know, during the season, it was not that hard to stay motivated. There were some times, especially when I was, you know, I I remember my sophomore year, I think this was just sort of a growth thing, but that was the one year that during the fall or the winter, I just remember kind of feeling a little like, what's, what's this all for? Like, what, what am I doing? And I think that was me just sort of figure, figure growing up a little and, you know, but there is a sense when you're playing college sports that, you know, there can be a sense that the grass is greener for the, the, the general student population. You know, they're having a lot of fun. They're doing whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. And as a student athlete and a college athlete, you're pretty much always scheduled to do something else. Like right. you have your time, you have your time to go be a normal student but you do miss a lot of stuff. And the, my sophomore year in particular, I, I remember I, I did have to sort of deal with that. And then um, I, I very quickly like reminded myself that like, this was everything I always wanted. And um, that was the only real time that I ever questioned that I ever really questioned it or, or that it was hard maybe to motivate, but um for them yeah for the most part that, that wasn't too hard right right um so here's a question uh i'm always interested in looking back over your college career what if anything would you do differently if you could <laughs> uh i'll tell you i would in double overtime of the, <laughs> of, the, of, the final, of the semifinal game my junior year I'd put the ball on goal when I shot it and missed the goal wide right. <laughs> I, I, I had a shot, uh, dodged off the top. Coach Van, you know, kind of called my number and AJ came. I had the pole, uh, so I picked it up. It was like top left. AJ came and set a pick for me. He had the short stick and I ran. I did a sweep over the top to my right hand, came down the alley, shot, and I missed, and I remember I still see the ball like missing the pipe by <laughs> right. by inches. Yeah. And if I could do anything over again, I would put that ball on goal and make it <laughs> make a save because it's awfully hard to make saves in overtime. So that that's right. one thing I I regret. But it, and on a positive note, like that motivated us to achieve everything that we achieved our senior year. Without that right. loss. I'm not sure we win our senior year That's true. Um, or work or work as hard as we did. So, you know, a loss can be your best friend. And that one, as painful as it was, ended up, um, you know, really, you know, really being a positive thing for us that next year. Um, but, you know, um, other, other things I would change. Um, I, I don't know, Joe, I, I think, um, uh, I, I, there's not much, I mean, not much else comes to mind. Um, right. what, what about you? Is there, what, what would you, I mean, what, what would be the one thing for you? What would be the, the one thing for me? Uh, huh. You know, so, ah, uh, wow. God, nobody, nobody's, nobody's asked me this. Uh, <laughs> good, uh, good job. Good job. Uh, huh. So honestly, I mean, if I was going to go back and change one thing, it, it would be uh, leaving leaving Virginia uh, after my senior year. And 
regardless of the fact that, um, you know, listen, I really enjoyed my time at Syracuse and I met some really great people and I am forever thankful for, uh, for everything that coach Desco did, coach Donahue did, coach Simmons did. Um, you know, they really helped me out and were really great to me. Um, and ignoring the fact that I happened to leave the team the year that, you know, the next team was going to go undefeated and be one of the best lacrosse teams ever. Uh, ignoring all that, I, I wish that, um, I don't know, I, you know, I was a 21 year old kid. I, I wish that I had a little bit more maturity and, and had been a little bit more reflective about, uh, you know, how good Virginia lacrosse had been to me, how great the school was. Um, how great Dom had been to me, how great coach Van had been to me, how great, you know, the alumni had been to me. Um, if I would have been a little bit more mature and been able to step back at, you know, at the moment that I decided to leave, I think I would have done things a little differently. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that would be my one regret, you know, but, um, I was just young and stupid, you know? Yeah, I got one more for you, which is more school-related. Uh, in hindsight, I think looking back, I would have tried to learn more um, in school right. and, and, like, really try to be a sponge where, I, you know, I did fine in school. I think I ended up with, like, a 3.0 at Virginia. and But, you know, I, 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 I wish I was a little more intellectually curious um, right. while I was there, you know, and trying to learn more about things that I could apply um uh, to life after school. I, right. I, I do feel, you know, I, I, I learned a lot and I, and I was interested in a lot of things, but, um, you know, I think that that's something if I were to do it over again, I'd really try to be like learning as much as I possibly could. And, right. uh, because what an opportunity you have in school. And that's the one thing I think playing college sports that, you know, it's maybe it is harder to do, right? Like right. You, you do have less time, and although you get everything done, you know it is it is it is hard to. I mean, I guess you just have less time to to do everything. So, you know, do it over again. Probably really try to try to learn a lot more um, right. academically while I was there. Right. I I, I do agree with that. I, I remember going into school. And thinking about it almost from a transactional viewpoint, right? Like I'm, I'm going to school. I'm going to go in. I'm yeah. going to do what's required of me. And then I'm going to get out with this, with this degree. And then the rest of the world is there. And I wish that right. that freshman year, I would have thought, you know what? Let's again, let's take a step back and think like, what am I interested in? What do I want to learn? How many things can I learn? You know, what are some of the things that I can learn the best at, you know, the University of Virginia, which is, pretty much everything right um yeah, yeah. yeah you know i uh i i, I agree I, I i wish i would have uh i wish i would have taken a different viewpoint on education as well um but let's uh let's so let's transition from college to uh those years when you were playing professional talk about that transition um and what it was like for you yeah it was um it was a quick transition I played my first pro game six days after we won the national championship. Um, two days after the national championship, there was a combine, went to that, you know, got drafted, got drafted number one, which was like kind of another, like I just had this run of like mind blowingly like humbling and, and very like um very cool things that happened to me like winning the Taurus right. Award, getting drafted number one, playing my first pro game, like all that stuff happened like the week after our last game. So it was definitely um there was so much going on and it was all so great that it was almost overwhelming. Like I just sort of like it was like wow and I was very hum I remember being very humbled by it all and really just um you know, like, um, not sure I knew quite how to react to it all, but, um, you know, the transition was fun. Although being drafted number one, you get drafted to the worst team in the league. And we (laughs) went one, we went one in 15 that first summer I played pro lacrosse. And so that was, uh, the opposite of how we did at Virginia. So that was, uh, (laughs) that was definitely an adjustment but I loved the guys on the team. It was a ton of fun. 
Um, and it was just a, it was a great experience. Um, but I will tell you, I, I was definitely not as motivated that summer, like working as hard as we talked about, uh, that we work, you know, like at Virginia, like I needed a bit of a break and, right. um, and I didn't really get a break, just went right into playing in a whole nother season. So it was hard. Um, right. and I don't think I worked as hard as I definitely didn't work as hard as I, I did at Virginia that first summer, um, mm. After that first summer, um, I, I, I moved to Boston. And so I was able to get myself traded to Boston and I did get extremely motivated after that time. Um, but it was a different sort of training in the pros, the way the MOL was then and still is now, um, is that you sort of do all your training on your own. So it went from being a team sport where you're practicing and training together with your team every day to being an individual sport during the week because you have to train on your own because most people are not really living right there. You don't really have team practices midweek and then a team, a team sport on game day. And so um, it was always really, really fun um, and I loved it and I loved competing and the level of play in the MOL, especially when it was only 16s was so incredibly high that it was, it was extremely fun. And I was right. blessed to play with incredible. I mean, the, I was playing with the guys I always looked up to. Like I talked to, I talked about Dave Evans earlier, Dave Evans and I became teammates on the Boston Cannons. Like, and <laughs> I talked about Michael, I talked about Michael Watson earlier. Michael Watson and I were teammates on the Boston Cannons. Like, you know, I was playing against Casey. The first pro game I played, I remember going out for a face-off, lining up on the face-off wing, and I looked left against Casey Powell. Casey <laughs> Powell was one of, one of the greatest player I'd ever seen. I always looked up to Casey Powell. I always right. tried to, like, emulate my game after his. And, like, right all of a sudden I'm playing against these guys. Um, so the MOL, I mean, it was incredible from that perspective. It was so great and I loved it. But right. what I missed, what I, what I sincerely missed over time um, playing in the MOL, I missed the team practices. I missed right. the relationships formed with your team at practice. I missed, I, I love practice. I, I always have. And so, and that for me, I was the type of player when we talked about this earlier that like I needed practice. I, 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 I like for me to do my, like I have a greater effect on the team. If I'm with that team every day, if I'm practicing with those guys every day, like I feel like I become right. a better player. And so, right. um, and I, I, and I know, and I miss those relationships. I missed that. Um, I missed practice every day with the team. So, that that was the one thing about the MOL that was sort of a letdown and a tough transition, but the actual right. game day um, it, it was just it was just awesome, and I always right. loved that. Right, right. So so let's talk about um, you know let, let's talk about what a typical game day was like for you. I, I don't know if it changed from UVA to uh, to the MLL, but let's. Um, let, let's let's say a college game day. What what would a game day look like for you? What's your pregame routine? Yeah. Oh man. Um, so so I did a few things. Um, I'd always wear the same undershirt. Um, that was sort of like we had that. I don't know if you remember. We had the Virginia uh, lacrosse Under Armour like loose fit shirt. I would always wear that um, on game day, and then. Um, I, I sort of ceremoniously put eye black on. I would go into the mirror and I'd put it on and it was almost like, you know, sort of preparing myself to go to battle a little bit. That was a little ritual that I had that I always did. Um, when I would go out on the field pregame, uh, the first thing I would always do, um, at like after playing catch is I'd grab three balls and I, I would bend my, I would, I would shoot three shots from the same spot like sort of the same way. And I'd always bend my, bend my legs and really try to overemphasize using the lower half of my body to shoot. And I'd do that pregame just to sort of like reinforce everything, Colbeck and Mark Van and Tucker Radabaugh and Dave Curry had always taught me about shooting. And I, I, and I was just sort of a little ritual that I did to 
to kind of get myself going in the right direction uh, before games. Um, I would always, you know, once we put on our full equipment, I would always um, actually put on my helmet, put everything on. I go to, and I would, again, I'd go back to the mirror and I'd sort of like give myself like, uh, like look in the mirror and say, all right, like, you know, you're ready kind of thing. Let's go. And uh, um, I always tried to talk to the team before the game. Uh, I would always say something before we went out for warmups. We'd come in the locker room, we'd all get together and I'd always try to say something to get people fired up before the warm up. Um, This is an interesting ritual I had, but during the national (laughs) anthem of every game um, that I played, um, I'd actually say a little prayer during the national anthem. And uh, uh, my, um, my best friend passed away when I was 16. Um, And so in college before each game, I'd actually try to talk to him and I asked him for help. I'd say, Scott, like, you know, help me out here. Like I can, you you know, use a little extra strength. So I'd always try to talk to him and ask for a little extra strength. And then actually, um, sadly, my, my brother passed away, um, after school. And so when I was playing pro lacrosse, when I was playing pro lacrosse, I would, uh, I would do the same thing, but I would, I would talk to Richard as well. So those were little rituals that I would have during the national anthem as a way to try to get focused and get a little extra motivation, you know, doing it for, doing it for people who couldn't do it. Um, that was always something I, I tried to, uh, draw a little extra motivation from. Right. Um, <clears throat> So talk about, you know, you got pregame, then during the game, I guess this is stepping back during the week. Uh, talk about how you would prepare for upcoming opponents. Um, were you, uh, you know, and, and I honestly can't even remember, were you heavy on film? Did you like to just study the guys that you were going against? Did you like to study the defense you were going against? Or were you just, um, you know, like light touch? We'll just, uh, we'll see these guys in the field. We'll see how it goes. What was your pregame? Uh, how did you prepare for yeah, yeah. Op- opponents? Yeah, well, the Virginia coaches did the preparation for us. I mean, That's we were true. so well schooled. We were so well schooled with film and uh, and on field demonstrations of how they were going to play us and what we needed to do. Um, so they did all the preparation for us. We, you know, Mark Van, Dom, Colbeck, Tucker, Dave Curry. You know, I feel like we were so well prepared. So for, you know, for that regard, it was just sort of following the coach's lead and trying to get on page with the game plan. Um, try to, we, you know, I thought we always stayed really healthy. You know, the I, I always liked our drinking rule where we, we did not drink anything. You know, we did not drink alcohol during the season um, except for, except for after games was the only time, like on Saturdays, it was once a week. And I thought that kept us really healthy and focused um, and and motivated. So um, that was always a good thing. Um, Yeah. Gotcha. Um, So cool. So what would you, you know, let's say you were, uh, let's say you're, you're coaching, coaching your son who is 13 years old. He wants to be a midfielder. What are some of the drills that you have him do to get better? Um, yeah. So first and foremost, I would, I would have, have him do everything he could to develop his athleticism. So I would encourage him to play multiple sports. I would encourage him to be active and get him outside playing and I, you know, running as fast as he can run every day, doing something. I think, you know, there's just no substitute for developing athletic athleticism. Um, and, and that also develops work ethic and, um, and then, um, uh, you know, there's no substitute for wall ball and shooting on your own. Um, and I would try to, um, encourage anybody who wants to be a good lacrosse player to really hone their craft on their own, to be a lacrosse, uh, junkie a little bit, study, college players, read the magazines, watch games, um, learn what a lacrosse player looks like and acts like, um, and how they play. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure young players take advantage of all the content they have at their disposal. Like when we grew up, 
there weren't many games on TV. So when they were there, um, you tape it and watch it over and over. Now, now there's almost so much that it's ignored. And so I don't, I would encourage young players to really treat lacrosse, like, um, like love it, like, like a hobby and really get into it. Um, um, I think that will help them understand how to play the game at the highest level. But it's, if you want to be the best, it's almost always the hardest workers are the best players and right. uh, the ones that put in the most time on their own and want it the most um, will become the best. Uh, but today, unlike when we grew up, you know, lacrosse, you're able to play year round. There were not a ton of camp and clinic opportunities when we grew up. Now there are a lot of offerings. I think it's important to play on on teams um, to play the most competitive schedule you can play to get the best coaching you can get and then to learn from all that and learn from those experiences so to be receptive to the coaching um, and, and motivated by competing with with great players um, you know the the best players the guys that play in college they want to play those competitive games as much as they can. Um, mm-hmm. They want to get great coaching and they're coachable. Um, right. There's, there's, there's more coaching available to players than ever before. So tapping into those resources and, and being receptive to it and really learning um, is, is key. Um, but it does not, it does not, you know, just cause you're playing on teams, and it does not mean that you stop working on your own. It's just, you always have to put, you always have to put in the time on your own and you always have to hone your craft. Um, you know, it's like, you know, a golfer, you know, if, if a golfer just played rounds of golf, you know, he would not be as good if he, as if he spent time on the range, really like right. practicing and getting better. And that, you know, for us as lacrosse players, that's, that's wall ball and shooting on your own. And mm-hmm. if you want to be great, you want to play college lacrosse, especially on offense, you just have to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, um, there's that deliberate aspect to it, a yeah. deliberate practice aspect to it, right. Where, you know, when you're playing in a game, it's time, or when you're playing in practice, you know, it's time to, experiment it's time to uh, time to try new things it's time to you know definitely work on yourself and try to get better but it's when you're alone by yourself where you can really grow by leaps and bounds because you say all right you know what i really need to work on i need to work on my right hand overhand shot and so you get a bucket of balls you put them in one spot in the field and you just shoot a hundred of them paying attention to what's working, what's not working. Are you getting better? Is it getting faster? And then when you actually get out on the field, that's when you start to see improvements because you put in those hours by yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. 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 All right. So listen, Chris, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This was great. Um, You know, we're almost at the end. I got one more question, um, which sometimes ends up being the hardest one. Um, I've asked this of everybody. What are three things that everyone should do every day to get better at whatever it is they do? Doesn't have to be just lacrosse. Huh. Okay, work hard. <laughs> um, have fun. I'm a believer that if you're not enjoying the work, you're ultimately going to stop doing it. I think a key for me and for uh, at least having success with what I'd like to do is like. The work's always been fun. All that stuff we talk about doing, uh, that was all fun to me. And it, and keeping the hard work fun allows you to work harder than anybody. And, and, and I think that's key. So work hard, have fun. And then, um, you know, the last one, maybe be, 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 be curious and be, be like intellectually curious, you know, um, get into what you are, are doing with lacrosse, you know, comes back to like, you know, read the magazines, watch the games, like, you know, check out the highlights, you know, really get into it and be curious about, about it. You want to play college lacrosse, like learn everything you can about college lacrosse players and watch as many games and really, you know, understand what that's like. And I think over time you will, you will turn into a college lacrosse player if you keep working hard and, and keep having fun with it. So those would be my right. three things. 
Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So can you talk a little bit about what you're doing now today? Yeah. So I started a company called Advanced Lacrosse and we do training and, and lacrosse events. And so what it's, it's funny what I've, what I've done is like uh, a lot of those experience that I, experiences that I had growing up, going to lacrosse camps and, and doing those things as a young player, I've, I've really tried to recreate those positive experiences that I had that really helped me get better. Um, and I, out here in Northern California, live just near San Francisco. And so we have, we have t- uh, select teams and camps um, and clinics and leagues and tournaments that we run. Um, and they're all designed to help kids get better and ultimately to help them play college lacrosse. Um, and so that's what we do. And, you know, we love awesome. doing it and we feel like we're helping a lot of players and the, the, the players here in, in Northern California are fantastic. The lacrosse community is fantastic. People are super positive um, and really motivated. I, I see myself in a lot of these kids, you know, when I was growing up in Rhode Island, I was the kid from the new lacrosse place who was competing against those players from Maryland and New York. Now it's kids from places like California who right. are told, you know, Maryland and New York are better. So I see myself in these kids and I try to motivate them. Like I was motivated and, 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 and share with them the things that worked for me. And so that's what we do with advance and we love doing it. So where, uh, where can people find you guys online? Um, advancedlacrosse.com. Yeah, right there. Awesome. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll definitely put that, uh, in the blog post that comes along, um, each week. So if anybody's interested, they can find it there. But, um, but Chris, listen, uh, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This was really great. Thanks for taking the time. Well, Joe, thank you, man. It was really fun taking a trip down memory road with you. It was, it was great. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Yavoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential, all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.